Hey, folks. Logan Swanson here. Welcome back to the Land Fixer podcast, uh, where we talk all things land. Land investing, land development, land projects, land markets, all sorts of different things. And today we are going to be talking about some retail land investing strategies. Okay. This is something that's not talked about very often in, in my community, at least, right? I, I come from the land flipping and the land development industry. So a lot of what we're doing is just go find something undervalued, right? Flip it as is, maybe do some mild improvements to it. Or if you're really feeling wild, go subdivide it, go rezone it, give it some in, intended purpose and force appreciation that way. Now that's a skill set. Okay. That's not in no way passive. A lot of people will claim it or say it's simple. It's not passive. It's not simple. And if you're going to make really a full-time living out of it, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of effort. <clears throat> so what I like to do is I like to highlight some of the more relatively hands-off ways that you can take your hard-earned cashola and go put it in real estate that's maybe outside some of the traditional models, okay? If you've been one of those passive income real estate investor podcast listeners forever, like I was for a long time, then you've probably researched about flipping homes, wholesaling homes, doing short-term rentals, long-term rentals. I, you know, it's endless, right? Go buy commercial space, do some triple net stuff. I don't, I don't know. I don't do that stuff. So I've, I've only heard about it and read about it. Okay. But what a lot of people don't talk about is undeveloped or, you know, no buildings, nothing vertical. How, how do we go invest in real estate where there's, where there's no toilets, termites and tenants, I think is what they say for our industry. Well, still making a safe investment that's going to return you money, okay? So there's a number of these, right? But I'm going to highlight ones that I think don't get talked about nearly enough. The first one I'm going to get into is funding. This is not passive per se, okay? But there is a big demand for it. There's such a big demand that, you know, we started a funding company about a year ago. We spent zero monies on marketing and we're regularly turning away deals, not because they're bad deals, but we just kept raising our criteria. We kept wanting better and better deals because there were so many being handed to us. We got picky. So what does funding a land deal mean? What does it look like? Well, the simplest version of it and you can structure it a whole lot of different ways. But probably the most common structure that you're going to find is some land investor. They could be new to the industry or they could be really well established and they just like to use other people's money. OPM, right? But what they'll do is they're going to go do their acquisition marketing. They're going to go find a undervalued property, something that they're going to be able to ideally without improvements, bring to market and double the money on it. So, you know, a simple example is somebody has got a property under contract for $10,000, but all of the comps, market analysis, local brokers, whatever reporting service or system they're using to value the retail 
price of that property is ideally double, right? You want to be buying at around 50%. That's our first rule in our company, though you don't have to follow that. You can still make really good money buying above that. You just have to be particular, right? So Joe Schmo, land investor, finds a good deal, brings it to you and says, hey, I need someone to fund this, right? This is a $10,000 acquisition. I started with not much money. I spent all my money in mailers and now I have a deal. What do I do with this deal? So a funder is going to come in and say, I have money to fund your deal, obviously. And they're going to structure it in such a way that they're either going to get a fixed return on investment. So, hey, I'll, I'll put up the $10,000, but you owe me, say, 13000 when the property sells. Maybe it's fixed like that. If you're underwriting these deals correctly, and I'll, I think I'm going to take, let, let's do this. I'm going to move all sort of the qualifications and how we underwrite funding to the end. I mean, I'll just finish the scenario. <clears throat> okay. So then you, you know, Joe Schmo investor who brought you the deal is still responsible for marketing and full cycling the deal. So they're going to take it, list it with a broker, put it on some listing services, maybe throw it around Facebook and Craigslist and find an end buyer. That end buyer is going to come in purchase the property, and then through that title company or whatever transactional system you use, distribute funds, you get your initial funding plus your interest or profit share. We'll talk about that more. And then the investor that brought you the deal walks with their profit from the deal, which is whatever's left. This is really good because as far as like hands off, somebody else is doing the work, funding a land deal does fit this model for the most part, right? Because ultimately you're as as a funder, the amount of time that you put into this should be pretty limited. Effectively, you're going to underwrite the deal. So you're going to look at the property. You're going to look at the comps. You're going to do your due diligence on it. Make sure it's not in floodplain. Make sure it has road access. Make sure it's not in a super fun site. Whatever your due diligence would include. I have a little packet I can put together, or if you want to learn about this, give me a call. I do coaching on how to fund land deals. It's a great little side gig if you have some money. So you do your underwriting, then you underwrite the investor, right? Not all investors are made the same. You could get burned by the property as much as you could get burned by the investor. So maybe they bring you the deal, you fund the deal, and they disappear. There seems to be no marketing, no sales. They're not responding to you. That's its own underwriting. Uh, you have to find out if this investor's done other deals, ideally done deals in that area, shoot in that same subdivision if possible, or within the same mile radius of the property. And then, you know, finally, it makes sense to do some demand analysis because you really want to get in and out of these deals in a short time frame. We're talking maybe six to nine months. If you get into that year mark, it gets hairy. And we can get real in depth on that. But like, you're really trying to find not just what's the retail value if this thing sits on market forever, but what's the retail value and demand to move this property in that six to nine month window so that ideally Joe Schmo funder can get that 10,000 back, get the 3,000 profit. And guess what? You're halfway through a year. You could redeploy that, right? You could turn 10,000 into 16,000 if you fund two deals and they close within the year. If you're working in a really good market, you could you could wash that money three, four times, okay? Just funding deals. People are bringing them to you, you're funding them. Now, some caveats, right? Structure is really important on funding deals. We've 
employed a few different tactics, but really we have added a few little tricky things in here. One's a minimum, mandatory minimum on all, all deals we fund. There's almost no deal worth funding unless we're making a $3,500 profit. So what does that mean? Well, if somebody brings us a deal that's way below 50% loan to value and they say, hey, Logan, we can buy this for $1,000 and it's worth $5,000. Okay, well, I'm going to say no to that. It's just not worth working through my systems to go buy that property, you know, pay for the closing on one end, pay for the closing on the other end, maybe pay broker fees, property taxes. Maybe there's HOA taxes, POA taxes, yada, yada, yada. We have a $3,500 profit minimum regardless of the deal size. And then from there, it's 20%. We need to make 20% profit for this deal to make sense on our investment. So if we're investing $100,000, we need to at least get back $120,000 within six to nine months for it to be effective, viable, repeatable. So that's a key metric. How do you do detailed market analysis? Well, that's that's the learning curve, right? That's where most people are going to drop out. You can, you know, shoot me a message if you need information on how to run due diligence on land. It becomes old hat quickly, right? Now we kind of underwrite deals in five to 10 minutes. Now, if it's really sticky or if there's a bigger price point or something's weird about the property, it can take longer. Really, we're getting more and more detailed and thorough in our underwriting process just so we don't ever get something that's going to lose us money. So now, depending on the price point, we might be calling brokers. We might be evaluating comps on all the different platforms, getting MLS comps, maybe even sending someone to the property before we purchase it to do some scouting, like go see what we're not seeing from a CAD map or a GIS map. Then when you're underwriting an investor, that's kind of the more artsy side of things, I suppose. You know, there's some great stock questions you can ask them. You can ask them, like I said before, have they done deals in this area? How many deals have they done? Have they done a deal of this size? Because, right, flipping a $5,000 property is different from flipping a $100,000 property. Ask them what their marketing is like, right? So you shouldn't be accountable for marketing. You're not going to get drone footage. You're not listing it on different platforms. You're not going to find a broker. That's all on them. So you need to ask them, like, do you have a local broker that you've already been speaking to, is familiar with the area, knows the builders, whatever else? Do you have accounts on the land listing services? Is it going to go on, you know, Landwatch or Land and Farm? Is it going to be going on Landflip or any of the other prime land exchange, my listing service? How do you get your ad copy? Do you do overlays on your imagery? Give me some samples of that. Yeah, all this sort of stuff's really important. What's your website like? You know, if someone's trying to find you or using your brand to market, do you have an, a following on social media? Do you have a buyer's list? And depending on how much of that they can answer, it's a big tell. Also, we have an application system. This is a kind of our first foray into underwriting the investor themselves is we say, okay, we have all applications have to go through this form. And this form is not a five minute form. It takes a good 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes to fill this form out. And in that, we're going to be asking a fair bit of details, nothing crazy, but we're asking to see your comp research, your due diligence. What's your contract look like? Can you upload a signed copy of the contract? If it's not under contract, why are you filling out the form, right? 
So our first screen is, can someone actually do a good job filling out this application? And typically, if that investor cannot even spend the time to fill out the application correctly, there's a really good chance that they're not going to be the investor that you want to work with on this deal or deals moving forward. So I spend a lot of time making that explicitly clear to folks. If they reach out to me, I'm like, dude, just be thorough. Be thorough on the application. Show us you did the homework because we're going to do the homework. And the faster we process the deal, the better it is for both of us. So if you present us with all the information we need to make an informed decision and we're just spending a little bit of time maybe verifying your comps, you know, checking it out on our own end, but everything checks out, you know, you just have our confidence in that application process. And setting that up is not hard, right? There's form softwares. You can use Google Forms for free and it'll populate. You know, you can have it ask them every question you need. Give me the comps. Give me your broker's name. What title company is this going through? How did the conversation with the seller go, right? There's some really important information you can glean just from being like, why is this seller willing to sell at this price? I mean, there's good answers to that and there's bad answers to that. All right. So we talked a little bit about structure. We talked about underwriting the deal. We talked about underwriting the investor. And I think one key component here, especially in the market we're operating in right now, is you need to be doing deals that do not require owner financing on the disposition side. You really need to be looking at what will this property sell for in six to nine months cash in this market. Because as soon as you introduce owner financing, if you stack one, two, three, four of those deals, it just starts getting really messy. Like who's handling that accounting? Where's the, how's the money getting dispersed? How am I making sure I'm getting everything? What happens if it, you know, you effectively are entering into a little partnership at that point, not just on a deal, but on this like long-term structure, which that's a lot, you know, that's kind of our big thing. In our funding company, we have people come to us all the time. What happens if I own or finance sell it? Don't. There are some hypothetical workarounds, which we're actually going to get into in our next podcast because I think we're pretty much running out of time here. But it's really important to make sure that this is going to sell in a cash market. What will this get cash? You do not want to have to own or finance these things. Wow, I talked way longer on that than I thought I would. Uh, Let's go ahead and wrap this one here. Thank you guys for listening. Again, this is Logan with thelandfixer.com. Reach out to me. Talk to me about land. Talk to me about the different real estate investment topics that you're into. I really appreciate relationships. That's really what I'm doing this for. I want to know a bunch of really cool cats in real estate. So a few things you can reach out to me for. If you have land you need to sell or something that you think is a good development opportunity, talk to me. I'll partner with you. I'll do the work. Just bring the land. We'll we'll share the profits. Pretty sweet. Uh, If you have a property that you're just wanting to sell, get it out of your hair. I buy discounted land, so you're not getting full price, but I buy land, cash. I got cash. I do coaching. We have one spot. I only do two coaching spots at a time. So if you're interested in learning really anything about land, I have a program where I teach you, I build your business, right? I don't teach you how to to do my business. I find out what your desires are, and then I walk you through building that business. Because for me, that's approachable. I know how to do that. I've built a few businesses now. Whereas it might be very foreign and scary for you. So yeah, reach out to me. Hello at landfixer.com. Check out landfixer.com. Share, subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. I love y'all. Bye, 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 bye.